how was everyone doing this morning? Doing good? Cool. This side, you guys are here, huh? You're awake and vibrant and alive. And what about you guys? You guys, what's going on over here? You guys okay? You guys doing okay? Ooh, all right. <laughs> well, good morning. My name is Glenn. I'm one of the pastors here at City Church. And I just like Keith said earlier, if it's your first time, I want you to know we created this church for you. Uh, and I want you to know it is our honor that you're here today. I met somebody uh, first service that was here for her first time. Man, I'm just so glad that you've come today. And honestly, I'm glad everybody showed up today. I didn't know who was going to be here today. It's a full house. Come on, would you give yourself a hand for that? Thank the Lord. God, you're amazing. I just am, am blown away by that. Would you turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2? That is at the end of the book. End of your Bible. If it's on your phone, I don't know where it's at. It's a, it's a button away. It's a fake button away. Revelation chapter 2. It's not Revelations. It's Revelation. I hear people say that all the time. Just a grammatical error. No big deal. Uh, just frustrates me personally. So since I have the mic, I'm going to tell you about it. Hello, everybody. You ready? Come on. We got some fun today. Yeah. Last last Sunday of the year, we're going to finish strong. We got some stools up here. We're going to have some fun. And my brother's even up here. It gets better when two wolves are on the stage at the same time, don't I? I just think so. I think so, personally. So uh, I'm excited about that. Also, just some family stuff. Uh, my wife's birthday is today. Isn't that awesome? And so. Uh, we have a little one. She's probably with him at this moment, but her dream has come true. She gets to hear me preach three times on her birthday. No, no greater thing she wants. So I'm just going to wrap myself in a bow and just get up here and sing. You know, just, you're awesome. I don't know. whatever. Uh, so that's, uh, I don't know why I told you that, but um, I did. Well, as we're preparing for our 21-day Daniel Fast coming up as a church, if you don't know about that, you should have got a bulletin insert on the way in. You can go to OrlandoCityChurch.com, click on Awakening, and uh, there's a, 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 fast, a fasting guide available for you there. So you can have diet plans and kind of figure out what to do. There's also some devotionals there. There's also a 21-day reading plan that I'm going to encourage our whole church to do together starting on January 6th. It's all online. You can get it. I believe we have some materials also out in the back there. But as we're preparing for that fast... Um, I want to share with you today uh, what's on my heart personally, uh, as Natalie and I, my wife and I, are preparing for this fast. Uh, we're, I want to, I, so this is a little bit of a different message. Um, it, I, I'm very much of a linear thinker. I like points. I like to kind of systematically go somewhere. Today is more about just kind of sharing with you uh, a burden that God's really just laid on me. Uh, and so I've heard a preacher once say, if the shoe fits, wear it. So if this... If this message fits you, wear it with everything you got and, uh, and, and let God speak to you. My prayer, a success for me today, is if you walk out of here, maybe not necessarily with my burden for 2014, but you would walk out of here going, you know what, he's got a burden and I don't yet, and I'm not going into 2014 without a burden from God on what he wants to do in my life. And so if anything, what I'm going to share with you today, you might go, I'm not there, and, and God may be doing something else with you, but my prayer is that every person in here, your quiet times, the, the moments that you spend with God in these next few weeks, that God would prepare you uh, in, this, in this fast as we begin the year, uh, and that God would speak to you for 2014. Amen. We never want to be an entertained church. We want to be a responsive church to what God is doing in our lives. And so I've entitled this message this morning, uh, This is Not a Profession. Uh, my second title would have been, I Refuse to Get Professional. 
And so I want to talk about that, that concept. Can we do that? Sound good? Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for today. Thank you, God, for every person that showed up. Lord, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, God, this place is full today. It's just so amazing. And, uh, Lord, I pray that, God, that what you've downloaded on my heart, downloaded in our church. Lord, I pray right now the Holy Spirit, you'd go beyond what I can say today. And that, God, all of us would hear your clarion call on how you're burdening us for the future. And, Lord, I pray that you would take each one of our, li- our relationships with you to another level today. We ask all this in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. How many of you love sports? Football, yeah? Basketball? Baseball? Soccer? Badminton? Nobody? Oh, come on. There you go. Golf? Any, any golfers? Yeah. All right. Come on. Let's go. Let's go there right after this. be great. You and me. You're behind. That'd be incredible. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm oh, sorry. Uh, I, I love I love sports in general. I'm definitely a sports dude. Uh, I grew up and, and grew up loving and playing basketball. Uh, I don't know if you, some of y'all know my story a little bit, but I, uh, I got on a traveling team where Adidas sponsored us and literally flew us around the country. Played in New York, played in California, played in Las Vegas. My parents are here, right? It was good, wasn't it, parents? No money, right? It was free. Uh, airfare, food, tickets, the whole nine. Well, the reason why that uh, the reason why that was free is because of the people that were on my team. Uh, and this is crazy, but about 80 to 90 percent of the players I played with in high school on that team are now in the NBA. Uh, in fact, I'm the only one. I was the only white kid on the team. I'm just saying, and uh, I'm the only kid that's not uh, that didn't make it to the NBA. But uh, but I'm preaching the gospel, baby, and so I don't care. I really don't care. I feel like I chose the better path and. And, um, and, and so I love basketball. I don't mean I love teams. I don't mean I love sports. I mean I love the beauty of basketball. How many are basketball fans again? Anybody? Okay, so, so I love like a well-executed pick and roll. I mean where, where, where the player comes right, rub, rub, rubs the shoulder, comes right off of that thing. I love it when I see a, when I see a shooter kind of, if this is the three line, kind of just come, come in and just... I mean, fast. I mean, wherever they are, it doesn't make it. I mean, I just love the beauty of basketball. I love it when I dunk on Keith Tominski. It's just beautiful how that looks. And so, um, but I can always tell, I can always tell the level of people's love for the game. I didn't mean a sport. Uh, and so it depends on kind of where they watch and what they do. Let me explain. Let me show you the first picture here. Now, this is me. And... Uh, Actually, I'm one of the uh, guys way back here somewhere, and I'm just saying I'm not there. This is uh, Kevin Durant. He's actually a Christian, and uh, dunking on somebody, and uh, I've always wanted to meet him. I don't want to meet him right there, that's for sure. I'll uh, pass on that one. I'll meet him at Starbucks. Uh, and, and notice a couple things about this picture, all right? Notice the lights in the top right. See that? Notice the sea of blue people, which they probably spent 30 to $500 a ticket, okay? Um, and even though they're playing basketball, and even though it looks beautiful, the fact is they're all being paid to do this. Doesn't it kind of lose a little bit of its luster when it comes to the beauty of the game? Now, those that watch NBA, I'm not saying you don't like basketball, just you might like excellent competition more than you love basketball. Right? So you can kind of tell. If somebody just likes NBA and doesn't like to go down anywhere else or doesn't like to watch anything else, they really don't like basketball that much. They just like professional basketball. They like to see dunks. They like to see that stuff. Let's go to the next picture. If you really want to get a little bit more raw when it, or unprofessional uh, when it comes to, to, to sports or basketball, you would go to the NCAA League, right? You go to college. Any, any college fans in the place? 
cool. This is last year's NCAA finals with Michigan, and uh, they won. And um, you notice that there's still a lot of people in the seats, isn't there? So quite a bit. In fact, even though they're not being paid, some people say that college basketball is the best because they're not being paid. But the truth is they're kind of being paid because they all got basketball scholarships, right? Come on, let's be honest. Okay, so, and they're, they're wanting to get to the NBA. There's aspirations towards that professionalism where the, their love for the game can now get paid for. And then all of a sudden it can get weird because then where's the line between? Yeah, makes sense. So if you really want to love basketball, you have to go further than that. You've got to go to high school basketball. Now, these guys are my favorite right here. Now, look at this. Notice the bleachers. Nobody. But they look like they won the NBA Finals, don't they? Guess what? You see all those team shoes? They paid for them. They paid for them themselves. What am I talking about? There's parents in the room. Their parents paid for them, didn't they? Come on. They pay for nothing. They need to start paying for stuff. Sorry, I'm a dad now. It just comes out of me. Just, he's, he's only seven weeks old. I'm already wondering why he's not mowing the lawn and stuff. But notice that. It's just, it's just there's something awesome there, man. They don't need the audience. There's nothing else. There's just a rawness to the game there, you know? Uh, and, and, and so that, but if you really, now I'm about to preach. If you really want to see the rawness of basketball, you know where you need to go? You need to go down to the park. Right down at Fort Mellon Park would be a great place. Go out there. In fact, that's still kind of nice, honestly. Let's go somewhere a little bit less lush. I, I, I'm talking about like where the game is getting so good that everybody gets their, gets their cars together, puts on the headlights, kills all their car batteries because we're playing until 2 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? A messed up basketball, shirts and skins. Hopefully it's all guys there. And uh, that gets awkward. And, uh, and just the love of the game. No girls, no glory, no gold, just the game. Yeah? I think we all can come in agreement that there is a beauty to unprofessional, raw love. Not just for the game, but just in general. My, uh, my grandmother went on to be with the Lord. My grandfather's still with us. And uh, some of you have heard this story, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, he, we used to have a running joke in our, in, our, in our house that we were always welcome over to our grandparents' house, but their rule was that if, if we don't answer the front door, you guys can come through the back. But just beware that we're probably not wearing clothes because my grandparents skinny dipped in our pool all the way up until my grandmother passed away. Now, that was disgusting for me at the age of 13. Uh, Let's just let's just go home. See, I'll just okay. Um, that was disgusting, but 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 can we be honest? If we could just put all the disgust aside, um, there's something beautiful to that. I mean, isn't that what we want? I said this first service. I, I told myself I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's no filter apparently in my mind, but just the idea of an older gentleman, uh, in, in you know whatever the age might be, pinching his wife's butt. Uh, there's something weird about that, but then also something really cute about that, too. I mean, let's, can we just be honest? There's something beautiful about just the rawness. It's not, it's just unprofessional. It's, it's good. This is the message that Jesus is speaking in Revelation 2. Jesus revealed a revelation to John in which he addresses seven different churches. Now, a great study for you and your family 
is to walk through the first three chapters of Revelation and find yourself in it. As I did this a couple months ago, I found myself right here in Revelation 2. And the church of, uh, in Ephesus, the Ephesian church, is a great church. In fact, it, the, the, where the church was located was, the, was like global impact when it comes to uh, the cities. It was the city of all cities. And right in the heart of the city of all cities is this church. Everybody and their mom that was ever great in the Bible preached to this church. Timothy preached to this church. Paul preached to this church. John preached to this church. Every apostle, every bigwig, they were known for their deeds. They were known for their greatness. They were known for their excellence. It was the model for all other churches. Okay, And this is the message that Jesus sends them. I want to read it to you in verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus I write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks along the seven golden lampstands. That would be the words of Jesus. This is what Jesus says. Church, let's pay attention. This is why we came. Not for the fun, not for the fun stuff, but for the meat right here. Let's, let's listen to this. He says, I know your deeds. Okay? I know your hard work. And I know your perseverance. Those are all great qualities. He says, I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. You've done what I've told you. You've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not. You've found them to be false. You've kept some, you've actually pastored your people. That's what he's saying. Say, hey, the, 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 the wolves that wanted to come in and kill some sheep and want to give false doctrine, you kept them away. You, you've done some really good things. In fact, he doesn't even stop there. He keeps going. He says this, you have persevered. You have endured hardships for my name. In other words, I got glory in your hardship. That's what he says. And you did not even grow weary, the Bible says. Yet, let's listen to this. Let's let the word speak to us. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Just think about this for a second. You're doing everything right. Next steps, member, class, group, serve, leading a small group, and doing this, and up in the thing, and here, and trying to love your kids, and do this, and you're doing good at work, and da 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 and you're weary, and, or you didn't get weary, and you're, you got good deeds, and you're doing all this stuff, but... In the midst of all of that, I hold this against you. What a heart check. What a, what a thing that only Jesus could say, couldn't he? Did he? Isn't it like he knows us or something? Isn't that crazy? I mean, can we just be honest for a second? What, what happened here? You know what happened? They got professional. Did you notice the Bible does not say, you need to, you need to uh, fall in love with me. No, they did. He's not talking to people that have never had a relationship with God. These are good people, just like you and I. That genuinely had a heart connection with God. And he says, in the midst of all of that, it started off in the, in the, in the back park down at Fort Mellon. But then, it, it, but then you got some excellence about you. You got some professionalism about you. And then you graduated to the high school level. And all of a sudden you got offers to college. And now you're in the big league. And I'm here to tell you it's not all about the big league. It's not all about the lights and the glamour. It's the heart. And you you sacrifice the rawness for the big leagues. And that's what I hold against you. Look, Look at what he goes on to say. If that's us, he says this, consider how far you have fallen. Just own it. Accept it. God, I've gotten away from you. God, this has become professional to me. 
And you know what happens inside of this? We become professional moms. We become professional dads. We become professional sons. Can I just talk to all the marriages for a second? The last thing you need in your marriage is to become professional. It's going to rob us, guys. We can't do it. We can't do that to our spouse. They deserve better than that. One day you look them in the eye. You put a ring on their finger. And you said, I'm going to love you till death do us part. I, I think that love was not just a, a professional love. It was a rawness. And if we don't watch it, not only are we professional husbands and spouses and wives and daughters and, 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 and whatever you do in your work, the workplace, the worst is that we become professional Christians. Drop the tithe in, sing a little song, fake it with everybody. And every single time that professionalism is just, you're losing the rawness. Guys, this is not a profession. It's more like a love affair, if anything. This is not a profession. I refuse to get professional. That's my heart this year. That's what I'm asking God to do in me in 2014. Because if I don't watch it, man, I'll just become a professional pastor, professional speaker, professional son, professional husband, professional dad. Man, doesn't he deserve more than that? Come on, doesn't he deserve more than that? He's God. He deserves all the glory and the honor. And he doesn't need systematic uh, spiritual disciplines that don't mean anything. He wants our heart. I think it's what he's saying here. He's saying, don't get professional. And look what he says. He says, repent and do the things you did at first. I love that. Repent and do the things you did at first. Here's my, here's my question to you. Has your relationship with God become professional? Does the shoe fit today? Has your relationship with God been more about how the speaking isn't exactly what you need and this is that and God, this is... How about we get back to the first love? Man, let's get back to the first love. This is what I'm asking God to do in me. Uh, This is my burden. And I felt like this year that God was telling me that, Glenn, you need to get back to the piano. I want to show you a picture of this. This is my parents' uh, grand piano. I grew up playing this. This is me uh, when I was 11 years old. No, I'm just playing. This is me about six weeks ago at our uh, family family uh, Thanksgiving. And I uh, went over that piano and just kind of had a moment with God, even there. Just brought back a lot of memories to me because I remember um, being 15, 16 years old. And uh, literally, I'm not joking, I would be worshiping God on a piano and I forget to sleep. Like, I'm, I'm not joking. I really would. I just literally, the day would come and I'd go to school. Um, I used to bring a friends over and we would just get together and play and put a candle out in the middle of the room. I don't know why things are more spiritual with candles, but they are. Maybe one of them passed gas and then, oh man, oh, I can't even get into that. Last message. Jesus, help me. But this, 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 this is what I want to get back to. Just reminds me of when I was 15, no title wasn't the worship leader. There was no stage. There was no mic. None of you would have wanted to hear me sing. It would have been like, oh, wow. You would have been like, you would have gone up to my parents and been like, bless you guys. You guys are great people to let him do that all night. I'm like, what? Whatever. Um, there's a beauty to that. Let me ask you this. Where's your piano moment? Get it back to the rawness. 
of your relationship with God. You know what I love about this? There was no title. It was just me, a piano, and God. And it was beautiful. Let's get back to this. I'm not saying we need to quit all of our positions and not do things excellent. I'm saying let it not trump our genuine relationship to God. Let it never get there in our lives. And uh, let's get back to the piano. I have some friends I want to invite up. In fact, my brother's already up here, Pastor Tom. And and we have Miranda and Michael Quigley and Ethan. Can you give them a hand as they come? That was beautiful, Tom. I didn't know you know how to do that. Can I set up for a second? Thanks, Miranda. Hey, guys, thanks for being up here. I, I wanted to uh, bring some worship friends up with me uh, and, and talk to them about, um, about their piano moment. Um, See if I can get this thing out, I guess. And uh, so, guys, thanks for being up here. Not only thanks for being up here, but thanks for practicing these last few days. I know it, it, would, it would have been easy to, uh, to not do that. Uh, and we're just thankful for all your hard work. Um, what about you guys? What, being worship leaders, uh, what would be your piano moment? Rawness. Um, okay, well, one of my first, well, not the first, but one of the most life-changing experiences that I can remember. Um, I was at a youth camp that we go to every summer, and uh, there's like 600 or so youth children, teenagers, that are all in one room, and there's loud music, and, and at this point, this is probably my freshman year, um, and you've, I've been in tons of worship services and, and church services, and so it's not the first time I've been around a worship leader who's been telling you, you know, go, go a little deeper than before, or something that it just kind of became the norm maybe to hear. My, for, for me at least and, and nothing was ever new um, worship was you sing a fast song and a slow song and that was it it kind of got to this point where my worship experiences with God were kind of me um, and God and this glass wall where I could see him and I knew that he was there and that he could kind of hear me but it was nothing new so um, it got to a point where I just felt like everyone else was experiencing something and they were crying and they were on their knees and, and they were smiling and I was just stuck in this place where I didn't feel anything and so I zoned everyone out. I just closed my eyes and I just prayed, God, shatter that glass wall. Yeah. Um, that's in between. That's whatever, whatever this is that's stopping, that's stopping the intimate time of worship and experience in your presence. Whatever that is, just get rid of it. And I remember, I remember being in that moment and my worship experiences from, from there on out just changing completely. My perspective on, on getting lost in the presence of God is, mm-hmm. is just different. It's awesome. Beautiful. It's great. What about you, Pastor Tom? Um, like you, I was in that on that piano. Um, practiced for hours upon hours, just in the presence of God, weeping and crying, and that that was really touching. But a moment uh, that I can remember, I was over at Faith Christian Academy, part of Faith Assembly. I was a um, I led worship for the um, for the kids' chapel. And I can remember the, the kids singing that song, uh, Here I Am to Worship. And I remember that it wasn't about me. It just wasn't anything to do with me or anything to do with whatever I was capable of doing. I could just tell that it was just a God moment. Yeah. And God's presence was there. And it, was, it didn't have anything to do with me. Beautiful. So. Love it. Love it. What, what about you, Ethan? 
Um, kind of along the lines of what Miranda was saying, like, as worship leaders, you know, we've been to a lot of conferences and a lot of uh, youth camps and big worship events, and it's really easy to get caught up, especially if you're playing, it's easy to get caught up in the monotony and just have that metronome in your head and just be worrying about when to, like, when do, when do I stop playing, when do, where are the breaks, and are we going to the minor soon, or, you know, you're always thinking of the next thing. Um, but, you know, some of the most amazing worship leaders like Israel Houghton, if you've ever seen him or gone to uh, one of his worship conferences, sometimes he'll just get off the piano and get down on his knees and get mm-hmm. alone and for like 15 minutes. And you have a choice to make in that moment. You can say like, you can look at it from a, a professional perspective and say, yeah. uh, okay, I paid for this. Like, what's happening? Why isn't he playing? I paid to hear, you know, the next song. But um, Or you can just say like, the intention that God has for you is to desire that heart yeah. and to just go with it and um, absorb that. So for me, I'd say uh, my piano moment, or I guess it would be, is it okay if it's more of an acoustic moment? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We can't all afford baby grand, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, but... Um, I didn't mean to dig you. I felt like I'm hurting. Right. Um, no, good, man. Uh, so for me, it's it's more like when I'm having a bad day, it's that decision to, you know, I, I know I still have to practice for worship. And so I can look at it professionally as like something like, oh, I got to do this um, before yeah. I before I go to practice. I have to get this down. Or I can take it as God intends it and, that that for me is my piano moment where cool. um, I'm just alone and I just make that decision when I'm having a hard day to just yeah. press in and yeah. uh, view it as worship. Beautiful. What about um, what would be a song for you? And I know for worship leaders to ask them to pick one song is really just crazy. Um, but what would be a song that really brings you back to the rawness of God? What about you, Marina? Yeah, it's definitely a, a hard question for sure. But um, one that I always think of off the top of my head that I just love every time we play would definitely be Wrap Me in Your Arms by uh, Michael Gunger. Cool. Well, how about we play it? Sound good? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't have to. We can. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. Wrap Me in Your Arms, key of D. Sound good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One. There is a God. Secret place where 
sing along we have the words up there and uh feel free to worship if you'd like to what about you what would be your song um tom mentioned it, it's so hard to to pick just one song as a worship leader you'd like to think you have that emotional and spiritual connection with every song but um one i feel like has never lost its luster to me is uh rain down on me every time we do it in a worship session or me just at home alone i always i always feel that yeah. Presence, yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's play it. Sound good? Yeah? yeah. Okay. Here we go. QG? Lay down on me. 
beautiful. Come on, would you give a hand? Well, Pastor Tom, brother, what about you? What would be your your piano moment? Well, just like what I said, um, hearing those kids sing, here I am to worship, uh, just strikes a chord in my in my spirit, and uh, love to just sing it. And I love to hear you sing that song, so I'm glad you did. I'm glad you chose that song. So, yeah, go ahead. Light of the world, you stepped out into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. We can all sing it. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to see that you're my God. You're all together, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Here I am, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. And I'll never know, Lord, and I'll never know. How much it costs to see myself upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see myself upon that Pastor Glenn, what about you? One for you with your piano moment. Yeah. Um, there's so many, of course. Uh, I, I definitely love songs that are like kind of inside out, like God below the surface, Lord, I worship you type thing. So mine would be from the inside out uh, by Hillsong. And just like the words, just the whole thing. I really like it. So. Well, why don't we play? We should. We probably should. That's a good idea. In the key, B flat. Yeah. Okay. One. A thousand times I've failed 
Still your mercy remains And should I stumble again Till I'm caught in your grace Everlasting Your light will shine with all else fades And never ending Your glory goes beyond all things my heart and my soul, I give you control. Consume me from the inside out. Oh, let justice separate 